You're listening to The Sideline Story, the past, present and future of Rugby League, their journey, their sideline story. Episode 64 of the Sideline Story Rugby League Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Tassoni, and join with me on the panel in the virtual studio is one half of the co-host contingent, Ryan Keith Clark. How are you, mate? I'm good. Where's where's Nicholas? Appointing himself. <laughs> He's not here. He's not here again. <laughs> And um, it's upsetting, and he's upset, and you're upset. I take it. Is this a, this is the first one he like he's missed portions. This is the first one he's missed. I I'm sure so. It is. No, no, no. It's the second. I think it's the second he's missed. You reckon? He gets upset when he misses a eh? May. Mm. 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 Old Nicky. Tell you what, it should be a quick episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But we're back. Clarky, we're back. We are back, baby. So to our two fans, weeks off. Yeah, I'm we refreshed. Did. Yeah, you've had two weeks off, haven't you? You yeah, missed the I'm... you missed episode 63 as well. Yep. Um, massive apologies for skipping last week's episode, everybody. Um, it was circumstantial. It wasn't on purpose. I hope you missed us, but I hope you missed us. I took part in the Oztag World Cup, playing for Italy in the men's opens division. We won bronze, by the way, for those that asked. Big clap for me, Clarky. Yay, thank you. All right, one clap, one whole clap. Um, Clarky, you're settling into your new house, so congratulations to you. And Gildy was working very hard for the people of New South Wales, so it was a bit of a kerfuffle, but we're back. Never fear, people. We are back. Like I said, I hope you missed us. We missed you. But um, my wife was filthy. Why? A lot of people were filthy, actually. I got a lot of DMs. I got booed. She was, she was legit. She was legit. She's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to listen to at work now? So that's nice. nice. It was nice to feel wanted. Yeah, there's actually for, for the for the first time in my marriage. <laughs> there's a lot of DMs, Clarky. It's like we got booed on when we put the postponed post out. On yeah. Instagram and Facebook, we got booed, and people were like, "What do you mean? We are, are. What's happening? You okay?" It's like, "Yeah, we're we're fine, <laughs> we're fine," which is nice. That's nice. The stars did not align for the no. first time. First time in our two-year history, Clark. Mm, but anyway, um, before we begin the show proper, Clarky, bit of um heartbreaking news in the rugby league community that I wanted to bring up to you and to our listeners. Former NRL and Queensland player and coach Paul Green passed away last Thursday at 49 years of age. Very sad news. I don't think we realize how much of a contributor to rugby league he really was until we look back on his career, uh, like the media have done, and the NRL as well, which is very um, touching. But um, what was your reaction, Clarky, when you heard of Paul Green's passing? Mate, to be honest, it was just as as soon as I heard it was more more it wasn't anything rugby league related. It wasn't anything really Paul Green related either. It was more the stigma 
of men not talking needs to end. And yeah, if you're battling, if you know of anyone that's battling, just just ask them if they're ask me if they're okay, and genuinely ask them. Like, there's that "Are you okay?" day, and some people take the piss, but genuinely ask someone, "Are they okay?" So that's that's the first thing I thought of the the stigma that is still surrounding men not being able to talk, and just the the stats speak for themselves. They're just astronomical in terms of men taking their own lives over women and yeah mm, it's sad. yeah it is mate he's um we're commemorating this episode to him uh on our social media when we drop the episode uh it's a black and white photo of him and thurston when they win the cowboys inaugural nrl premiership in 2015 very nice photo um but yeah it is um sad news but I'm with you, Clark. If anyone needs or wants to speak out or has to speak out, don't be afraid to. But um, yeah, I just before I move on, I, I saw Thurston's reaction. He it came out today on the news, and he was heartbroken and rightfully so because it was his mentor, and they created history in 2015. And but I think obviously things are bigger than football, so yeah, a bit sad. But yes. anyway. Clarky, we will move on. Obviously, last week, uh, we missed our first weekly episode, as we have uh, pointed out a few times already. So a quick recap of last week's results from round 21 in the NRL. The Roosters defeated the Broncos 34 to 16. Storm defeated Titans 32 to 14. Eels defeated Manly 36 to 20. Rabbitohs defeated Warriors 48 to 10. The Panthers defeated the Raiders 26 to 6. Sharks defeated the Dragons 24 to 18. The Cowboys got over the Bulldogs 28 to 14 and the Knights defeated the Tigers 14 to 10. The only talking point I wanted to bring out of last week, Clarky, that's obviously old news now, but I still want to get an opinion. Ricky Stewart and his unprecedented press conference comment. Now, as a reminder to those that forgot, the Canberra Raiders coach made some adverse comments after his club's round 21 loss to the Panthers calling out Jamin Salmon for kicking the testicles of Tom Starling after flopping around on the floor after being tackled. Ricky Stewart took offense to this and said about Jamin Salmon, and I quote, I've had history with that kid. I know that kid very well. He was a weak gutted dog as a kid, and he is a weak gutted dog now. Since then, he was suspended for one match and fined $25,000. Explosive comments, Clarky. What did you think of him? Yeah, unprecedented is what you said, mate. As soon as it as soon as it come out, I've gone. He must have done something to one of Ricky Stewart's kids, and obviously, no one knows the full story and yada yada yada. But you can, you can gather from listening to Paul Ken and reading his articles and listening to him on um, NRL three hundred and sixty that. It's involving Jamin Salmon and more than one of Ricky Stewart's kids. I'm pretty sure he's only got two. So it's involving both of Ricky Stewart's kids, one of which has autism. So whether that's the case or not, look, at the end of the day, I, I, I love Ricky Stewart. He, uh, I love every, uh, I love everything about him. I love his passion. I, <clears throat> I know Gildy's got an issue with it. Gildy's, Gildy's big take on it was, the balance of power between Ricky Stewart being 
a legend of the sport, having that platform, and Jamin Salmon having played 30 first grade games or whatever. Mm. I actually am on the side of Ricky Stewart. My only Oof, issue... Really? My, my only issue with it is the fact that this all happened when Jamin Salmon was 12. Yeah, that's right. That's my biggest issue with it. It made if if that happened when Jamin Simon was 16, 17, 18, go for fucking gold, sticky. Fucking do it again. And if he would have apologized, I would have been really disappointed, to be fair. Like that's how strongly I feel about it. I don't give a fuck about the balance of power. I don't give a fuck about the language. I don't care that he's done it during an NRL press conference. None of that. My only issue is the fact that he was 12 years old. He's a child when this all happened, apparently. Like I said, he could have been in year six for all we know. Like you could, you can be twelve in year six, <laughs> or eleven. <laughs> Mate, look, look, I, I've, I, I'm leaning more towards the, the opinion that Gildy had, which was pretty staunch against Ricky, and I, I like Rick Stewart as well. But he's crossed that line of um, inner sanctum coming out to the public, and to call someone a weak gutted dog. It's a pretty massive fuck you to Jamin Salmon. And it's a massive one. And obviously he hates him, but you just, mate, just don't talk about it. Brush over it like you hate him. And like everyone can just, you know, um, think that you hate him. And then you can message him directly and say, fuck you, Jamin, like blah, 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 blah. But yeah, he crossed the line. And he shouldn't have crossed it because no thing, coach in any code th- has ever done that in, I've, that I've seen. Yeah, but no coach has probably dealt with what Ricky Sherwood's dealt with by a current player. True. True. My my issue with the platform thing is if, if Jamin Seven really wanted to, he could have created a... He, if Jamin Seven created a video in re- in response to Ricky Sherwood, do you reckon it wouldn't have got as many eyeballs? Do you reckon every single media outlet wouldn't have picked it up and played it for days? And they would have, yeah. He would have had just as big a platform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. It, okay. Yeah, it's fair enough. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. Moving, moving on. And move it on to our return episode, Clarky. It's the return of the Sideline Story Rugby League podcast. Uh, we will kick off with round 22's NRL recap and the Akasha MVP 321's. After the NRL, we'll check in around the grounds for all our non-NRL rugby league related uh, rugby league related coverage. Sorry, I nearly had a tongue twister there. Uh, this week, we're looking at the Super League after round 23, the road to the World Cup, a lot of play defections this week, and the NRLW season, which kicks off this weekend, which is exciting. Uh, the back end of the show is our fan favorite bunker review presented by Rusty Penny. This week, we look at Manasi Fainu's no-fault stand-down outcome, the August 1st deadline being scrapped, and the New South Wales government versus the NRL over stadium funding. I'm sure they're going to be very interesting topics, my friend. But let's go over to the NRL. Round 22 recap. Ryan, we all got five tips this week. You, Gildy, and I. Gildy. Is on 113 tips. You are on 112, Clarky, and I am on a paltry 108. I have buckled this season in tipping. I fucked up, but a oh, big Matty Haldern. He's taken the the lead with Shano. Shano's yeah. dropped 118. Equal, Clarky. There you go. 
Oh, I can still catch him. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. get him. I'm not. No, I'm fucked. I'm out. I think I'm the. I, I think it's the top seven can mm. catch. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, I'm only six get behind. Round. Get a full round. Yeah, that's what you need. Yep. Yep. That's nah. how we go. Uh the next year we'll do. Like I said uh, in a, a previous episode, we will organize a proper tipping comp next year. We just like threw it together too late. It was like week two or three. And people were like, oh shit, I better join the tipping comp. Next year we'll organize it properly. So we have more people. And I'll win that one, by the way. I'll win it, Ryan. <laughs> but anyway, the super coach, a super coach update. I love this because we're in finals now. It's finals week two. Uh though, sorry, finals week two has been completed, actually. So we'll check into our competitions. As a reminder, the three of us joined two super coach competitions this year. In competition one. It was a 10-team comp with a top eight finals. Last week, Clarkie defeated me in the second versus third playoff. So you got a uh, advancement to the preliminary finals. So you had a week off this week. Yep. I got a second chance. I played against Dilly Dallies and I won. Guilty in week one was victorious. He advanced to week two of the finals. He played Glenn Davis and he also won. So in the... Upcoming preliminary finals, Clarky, you are up against Guilty, and yep. I am up against Scott's Pain in the Hass. So good luck. <laughs> That's a good name. It is a good name, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think this is the second time you and you and Guilty have played off in the prelims for a spot, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I played him this week in the other comp. Yeah, the comp where you're out because you came bottom five. <laughs> Yeah, but for the but he beat me in that one, so I got to bounce back this week. Oh shit, that's massive. Joe Tarpany and um, Tino Fasola Malawi, buddy, both pulled out last minute. Yes, they did. Yes, and I had Joe Tarpany in my team as well. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But look, and in comp two, obviously you two are out. You're in the bottom five. Doesn't count. It was a ten team comp with the top five finals. I won against Dino DK, who came second. I was first. So I go straight to the grand final. Dino DK has a playoff against Rob's Canterbury champs. So I'll update that one. What like comp said, is that? That's another comp that we're in. Okay. <laughs> so those boys that are in the in the prelim, they're from my Oz tag team that I played with for the last okay. twelve years. I remember you just saying one. It's like quick join this comp. Like, yeah, okay. and then you got pumped as long as as, <laughs> as well as guilty. <laughs> but anyway. Clarky, then our ladder after round 22. Uh, there are only nine teams now that can qualify for finals. The Dragons and Seagulls have bowed out of the top eight race after buckling the last few weeks. The battle for the wooden spoon is heating up against the Titans and Tigers. It's going to be between those two, obviously. So here is the ladder with three rounds, three rounds remaining. Panthers are first on 38 points. Cowboys on 32. They're second. Sharks are third on 32. Storm are fourth on 30. The Rabbitohs and Broncos and Eels are on 28, fifth, sixth, and seventh. In eighth place is the Roosters on 26. Ninth place is the Raiders on 24. Manly, Dragons, Bulldogs, Warriors, Knights are 10th to 14th. The Titans are on 10 points. They're 15th. And the Tigers are on 10 points, and they are 16th. In my opinion, Clarky, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters are hitting red-hot form at the right time heading into the finals. The Sharks and the Storm, they're looking pretty solid. 
leading into the finals. I think the Queensland teams and the Broncos and Cowboys are starting to slow up a bit, as well as Parramatta. They're slowing up aggressively. Penrith, <clears throat> they will win the minor premiership and they will have Cleary and Luai back for the finals, which is massive. The million-dollar question, but now I don't know if you agree with all, all the things I just said then. In a nutshell, yeah, do you agree? I, th- I think the Cowboys on the weekend was just a bit of a stutter step. I don't think it was too big an issue. Not even against the Dogs, <clears throat> they they're a bit and Tigers, they're a bit meh. Like yeah. they've had a couple of weird games lately. But my million-dollar question for you, Clarky, is about the Canberra Raiders. They have the Knights. This is their their run home. The Knights yep. away. Yep. Manly at home. Yep. And the Tigers away. They I'll are win all three of them. They're two points outside the eight. And then who who are the Roosters? What's the Roosters run home? Let me get my drawer up. I'll put Give me on one second. Here, I? There you have. So <clears throat> the Raiders are ninth on twenty four. The Roosters are eighth I, I, I've, on twenty six. I've got it here for you. Go. Who are the Roosters got? Tigers, Storm, Rabbits, mate. I think the Roosters don't make it. Look on our. We'll, be, on our we'll beat them, and we'll beat them, and I think they'll lose to the Storm, mate. On our predictions, we said Roosters come ninth and Raiders come eighth. I'm with you. Oh, but what's the for and against? Ooh, give me a sec. I'll get it. I'm getting it up. Oh no! Yeah, Roosters by a country mile. It's oh, like win. 150. So Roosters are on 121 and the Raiders are on minus 31. So they need to win on points. They So Raiders need to win all three and, and Roosters, Roosters need to, to lose two. two. Yeah. Oh. Yep. It's exciting. It is exciting. But if the Raiders yeah. buckle, and they nearly did, if the Raiders buckle, that's it. The top eight set. So they're the only team left. Do you think they can do it? Yep. Oh, 100%. Oh, that's massive. That's massive. They're playing the bottom three teams. Mate, I think that's massive. Manly's done for as well, by the way. So we'll see yeah, how they cool. go. But let's move it on to Should have wore that jersey. Games. What is it? Should have wore that jersey. What jersey? Manly. Oh, that's exactly right. They should have worn that jersey. Correct the mundo. Pride round next year. They're going to lose about 80 people, but... Anyway, that's silliness, but we'll move it on, Clarky, to this week's games. Game one, the fourth place Storm defeated the first place Panthers 16-0. The Jerome Hewless Storm defensively dominated the Panthers who were without their starting halves again. The Storm have now won three matches in a row. Clarky, this game was all Melbourne, didn't you think? Well, definitely the first half. The the second half wasn't as like it kind of it evened up a little bit, but it goes to show, you know, the biggest like obviously the halves for Panthers were lacking. They've got big shoes to fill, but mate, um, Dylan Edwards, as soon as he ruled got ruled out at the last minute, it's like mm. no, they were cooked. He. Yeah. And he he shows what his value is. It's Charlie Charlie Staines, he's looking for a contract at another club as a fullback, and he probably needs to ask Ivan not to play him at fullback again for the rest of the year because no one's going to pick him up. Because no. 
he's not a he's not a fullback. He, he's just a, he's he's a winger. And yeah, the show just shows how good Dylan Edwards is. Gets his gets a set up with the average in like two hundred and forty meters or something this year. Like, yeah, mm. major miss for the Panthers. But yeah, the Storm. Do you reckon they're back? Yeah. Um, if Munster plays the way he did, yeah. Like they're starting to get out of their their injury rut, I think. Like they're they're gonna, you know, Brandon Smith came back and you know, Nick Meany's had enough games at fullback now. I know that Munster played one there a couple of weeks ago, but you know, Nofaluma helps them. I love Munster at fullback though. I love yeah, how I'm they're mad. playing him at the moment where they're just kind of he's floating in between and yeah. Mate, you just can't write that club off, can you? They're not with Bellamy there and he's Look, even system. Cooper Johns is playing well. Yeah, yeah. Mate, he just has to play off the back of a Cameron a, a fiery Cameron Munster. So mate, Liam Martin uh going down to an ankle injury um at the halfway point of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that doesn't help the Panthers either. Um yeah, they were all sorts. They were and- they reckon they reckon he's out for three to four weeks. Oh, is that is that I I couldn't find that. There you go. Three to four weeks, is it? Yeah, that's well, that's what the NRL physio reckons. Mm. That hurts. It does, but they're all coming back. They'll all be back by week one of the finals. So lucky them, Penrith, I think. Yeah. So yeah, look, there's not much more for me to contribute here, Clarky. I thought that. Greg Alexander's comments regarding the Storm being um, the dirtiest club in the history of the game, in a nutshell, is what he said. He said that they brought in all the wrestling tactics and tackles over the past two decades. I thought that was pretty pretty funny because he didn't back down from those comments. And it is facts. (laughs) You can't can't back down from facts. No, you can't. It's but, like saying Marion Seve ran for 127 meters, and someone calls you says you're wrong. It's like, well, no, no, they're facts. Yeah. There you it's, go. <laughs> anyway, mate. Not, <laughs> what is that? It's not even bring into this. That's not even bring into the salary cap scandal. <laughs> that's not. Let's not bring that up. That's um, opening up old wounds for. Guilty, who will be listening to this podcast and like ripping his hair out, going, we won that 09 final. <laughs> oh, he won it. We should have won it. Anyway, Clarky, I know you probably don't have him handy right now, but you're going to be our 3 2 1s, a cashier yeah. MVP reader. So they're on our little yeah. WhatsApp chat there. Bear with me, which I'm is bearing. what he says anyway. Yep. Three points goes to Mad Dog Munster. Two points to the Hectic Cheese and one point to Justin Orn. Beautiful. Game two, Clarky, the 13th place. New Zealand Warriors defeated the 12th place. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 42 to 18. The Warriors, they broke their four-game losing streak in front of their passionate New Zealand home crowd, outplaying a lackluster Bulldogs team. Clarky, this is... Vintage 2017 to 2021 Bulldogs. <laughs> this is the... I think you guys played well. No, shut up. Well. <laughs> they were bad. And uh, there's only one excuse I can give them. 
And that's the fact that they went from Bundaberg in North Queensland to New Zealand and their flight got delayed and they got to New Zealand at one in the morning on a Tuesday. Uh, had did, they one play tra- on, did they play on the Wednesday, did they? They played Friday at 6 p.m., shut up. <laughs> and then they had one training session only. So I think they were just cooked. And they played like they were cooked. So good on the Warriors. I'm glad that they're winning in front of their home fans. Uh, they deserve this win. The Bulldogs did not deserve it. They actually scored more points than they deserved, the Bulldogs. The Warriors scored three or four tries at the at the at the end of the, the back end of the game, which just blew the score out significantly. Um, but yeah, the yeah the Warriors aren't getting that spoon now, like we thought, or like you thought, Clarky. Mm. The biggest talking point is off field, Clarky. Now, yeah, yesterday. <clears throat> The worst kept secret was finally confirmed with Panthers assistant coach Cameron Seraldo signing <laughs> a five-year deal as Bulldogs head coach from 2023 onward. 72% of our followers voted this signing as a good move. But I want to hear your thoughts, Clarky, before I give my opinion. I think he owes um, the West Tigers a beer because if he's got five years, it's probably just because the Bulldogs try to match the Tigers five year. And everyone was like, it is a long time. I haven't heard many reactions yet, but I remember everyone was like a little bit concerned when the Tigers signed him for five years. I I haven't heard the same concerns coming out of the Bulldogs. Obviously, they're two very different clubs in two very different positions, but still a rookie coach for five years. But... Mate, if that's what it if that's what it took to get the coach that they wanted, then mm. good on him. And they wanted him, obviously. Um, look, I don't think I was saying this to a fellow Bulldog supporter of mine, a very good friend of mine too. He um, was worried that if he's a flop after two three years, <clears throat> and we sack him, um, you know that it looked bad, and you know we just wasted some money. And I said, oh look. There's no salary cap for coaches in the NRL and money isn't a thing for the Bulldogs, nor is it for the Tigers, but we're talking about the Bulldogs now. And we've signed him for, f- for five years. I don't know how much for, but if he's a flop, if he turns out to be a flop, and I hope he isn't, obviously, for my sake and the club's sake, um, they'll just get rid of him and move on. And, you know, obviously, you don't buy a coach for five years thinking that he's going to be shit because then you start from square one again. But... Um, yeah, five years is a long time. The positives coming out of it already is that Matt Burton is apparently going to sign a four-year deal to remain at the club. Um, arguably positive news um, is that the the Bulldogs are going to take Jamin Salmon and Stephen Crichton from the Panthers. I'm not too G'd up about that. I just want to see Serraldo come in next year, um, steer the ship, get our attack and defense because he's a defensive coach at the Panthers, get all that in order and then work with kick and work with Marnie and work with Ryan Sutton who are coming into the club, work the juniors through like, like Gus Gould has gotten his like five, 10 year plan and, you know, get some, get some 
victories under the belt. Get out of the bloody bottom eight for the first time in five years. That's what I'd like to see. 2024 is the year everyone keeps saying that we're that the Bulldogs are going to be back. So we'll see what happens, Clarky. But I'm not going to do backflips yet. Yeah, That's I can't. Like, yeah, like you said, I can't see any issues with like five years. Like, who cares? Like, what's let's say he's even on a meal and he lasts three. What's two million dollars to the dogs? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it is nothing. They can bloody they'll they'll take a round of um. Uh, pokey money out of the Canberra Leafs Club and pay him off straight away. So that'll be exactly. sweet. Mate, um, two, two other off-field things. Uh, the Warriors recently signed Tamari Martin and he had a fantastic match for the Broncos um, this weekend. I think he's a gun signing along with the other signings that the Warriors have made. What do you think of that one? Yeah, he's been playing really well. But where, yeah. where, where's what's the intention with Chance Nickel Clock's that? Play him in the centres or something? Well, I don't know. Are you saying tomorrow Martin's going to be the fullback for the Warriors? Is he a fullback? Well, you could. He used to play five eight. Oh yeah, true. So, yeah. we'll see what happens. But yeah, we'll see. The other, the last thing I'll bring up before we move on. Uh, New Zealand Warriors have a member. His name is Callie Gibbons, better known as Roger Shui Varshek. Um, it's the it's it's so good. So, um, he was kicked out of the of the venue of Mount Smart Stadium for doing a shoey. Now, for the last three home games that the Warriors have had, every time they score a try, they zoom in on Stacey Jones, and this member is in front of the coach's box, and he does a shoey, and it's become an internet. He's become an internet sensation. Now, the security guard who kicked him out, apparently said, oh, you're banned for life. And this petition went around that got signed by 5,000 people saying, don't ban him. The Warriors, the actual club, released a statement on behalf of Kelly Gibbons, a.k.a. Roger Shui Varsashek, and said that he's not banned for life and that he is welcome to every single game that they have in New Zealand at Mount Smart. So I think that's a commendable... Um, little effort from the Warriors. And I think that's a nice little backing of their member. But how cool is that? Yeah, they mustn't have RSA over in New Zealand. So good oh, good is it? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> I do like it. It's good. Yeah. Anyway, Clarky, the Akasha MVP 321s for the Warriors Bulldogs game. Uh Tohu Harris three, Adam Fanua Blake two, and Josh Curran one. Clarky, game three. Your fifth-placed South Sydney Rabbitohs defeated Guildies seventh-placed Parramatta Eels 26-0. Clarky, your undefeated jersey bet streak remains alive <laughs> for the past two years, which is annoying the fuck out of me. But good on you, firstly. That's congratulations to you. Um, but the game itself, the Rabbitohs dominated Guildies Eels. And I'm sure he's going to... Rip some more of his hair out after hearing this. It's just a shit show for the Eels this this episode. But um, the main point I want to make before I let you take it, Clarky, is that the Rabbitohs, like I said earlier, as well as the Roosters, in my opinion, are hitting their straps at the right time heading into the finals. But take it away. Yeah. Look, I think we dominated from 
start to finish. It was like I was pretty confident going into the game, considering we only played, I felt like we played the Eels like two weeks ago, and that was without Latrell. So the fact that we played them so quickly, such a quick turnaround <clears throat> with Latrell, because um, he's been in obviously red hot form when he plays fullback. So, and then he comes out and it's like he tried to make up for last week when he didn't get the ball enough. He's run for 211 metres. Like it would have been, it says here, nine tackle breaks and three line breaks. It's just, he had another day out. He, his form since he's, since he's returned from injury has just been phenomenal. And I feel as though the all the big guns stood up. It was Latrell, Cody, Cookie, and Cam Murray. That's and obviously on the back of Junior Totola. Junior Totola had another enormous game. I know Gil is a huge fan. Um, he wouldn't have been <coughs> he wouldn't have been a huge fan on Friday night, but mm. he ran for another two hundred and eight meters. And um, yeah, even Dean Hawkins, like Dean Dean Hawkins, had a good game. He he looked like he'd played 20-odd first-grade games out there. He was he was very calm, very very collected. Mate, do you want to hear a fun and, fact um, about Dean Hawkins? Go for it. I played in the Oztag World Cup with his younger brother uh, last weekend, and he's also a gun middle as well. So I think that's... So he's in the Italian, is he? Yeah. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So, a bit of heritage there. So, hopefully, he turns out for Dean Hawkins, I'm saying, turns out for Italy at the end of year World Cup. That'd be awesome. Because I think he was, I thought he played very cool, calm, and collected and did his job. And um, on Cody Walker, just moving over to him, uh, he can only, this year, he's only played well when Latrell's been there, eh? Is that, is that, is that a fair assessment? 100%. It's crazy. He might have had a couple of games here and there without Latrell, but he doesn't seem as cranky with Latrell there either. Not a, he's not as easy to bait. Yeah, very strange. Like it's good for you, obviously, but um, mm. yeah, craziness, but, mate. Uh, yeah, craziness. Alex Johnson scores another two tries. Just did you like the just... post that we put up of him? Oh yeah. Mate, that's, didn't get that's... much love, old AJ. Didn't get much love. Um, on the Rabbitohs forum, he did obviously because he's a Rabbitohs oh. player. But, <laughs> oh, really? But, really? <laughs> but um, yeah, some people were like, "Don't change it." Ken Irvine was first. Different era. It's like you know, you know what? It, 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 the main issue is, and I think I brought it up when you first floated this idea was Ken Irvine scored his amount of tries in like two hundred and fifty games or something. Yeah. They'd play a lot less games back in those days. Yeah, but he played for 15 years. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Was... Yeah. Nah, anyway. Anyway, doesn't doesn't matter. It'd be interesting to see what they do. If, if, he, if he surpasses it, he needs 52 tries and he's signed for three more years at the Rabbitohs. I think he's going to get it. A meeting injury, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, the, the, the Eels, they just could not, and maybe it's because they haven't got Mitchell Moses, I don't know, but they just could not get a rhythm against, 
you know, your side. Like I said, I think the Rabbitohs and the Roosters are just they're they're becoming an unstoppable force. And Latrell Mitchell post game told everyone to beware of the Rabbitohs, so he's confident. Yeah, you got to love that from Latrell. Oh no, I don't. But it's not. <laughs> it's good for the game. But I don't. Nah. <laughs> You do you because don't like you're a it? fucking Rabbitoh supporter. You're a Rabbitoh supporter. You don't like it? Nah. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else, Clarky? Um, no, nah, not off the top of my head. With I don't write stuff down like Gildy. Yeah, Gildy's all over it. He's the um the eighty minute man. <laughs> of course. Next year, <laughs> next week, we'll call him the eighty minute man. What do you reckon? That sounds good. We anyway. go to the Akasha MVP three two ones. Yeah, go ahead. So three points to Latrell, two points to Cam Murray, and one point to Cody Walker. We switched that late, didn't we? Cam Murray and Cody Walker. Yeah, I thought that was Cam Murray plays good all the time, but that was exceptionally good. He just yeah, that was another level for Cam Murray. Sure was. Mates, game four, the eighth-place Sydney Roosters defeat the second-placed North Queensland Cowboys, 32 points to 18. The Roosters, they've won their fifth game in a row. And like I've said a few times already, I think they've shown their credentials as finals contenders. Obviously, they are the most at risk at going out, being eighth, and the Raiders are ninth with their run-in. However, I keep saying that they're red hot. But I'm contradicting myself, thinking that the Raiders will make it and the Roosters won't. It will be interesting. It's it's actually a really cool battle uh, between you know the top eight. Last year, the top eight was done fucking six weeks out from the you know round twenty five being finalised. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. exciting to see a little bit of a battle. Uh, same with the wooden spoon, by the way. But anyway, um, yeah. The, the the roosters were on home soil uh, to a, in front of a decent crowd and i thought they just took the they 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 took the game by the scruff pretty early sam verrills had the best game i've seen him play um albeit now that he's going to the titans which is a big <laughs> signing did you see what he said today about his signing Clarky? i like pe- i like people who are self aware it's good eh like he he just came out and said brand smith's coming I'm 27. I'm not going to get any more first grade game time with that bloke here. I'm going to the Titans. Yeah. I don't want to come off the bench and or play reserve grade. And yeah, it's a huge signing from the Titans. They need some experience. He's he's won a grand final. Yeah. Yeah. Be very interesting. Very, very interesting. And a good signing for the Titans. They're in need of some experience. But another off-field signing is Angus Crichton, Clarkie. Now, this is what I dub as the re-re-signing of him because he was announced as a re-signing last year. And then they're like, actually, we haven't got any money because everyone's on a million dollars at the Roosters. But he signed for two more seasons. And they the found Roosters... The, they found the space. Yeah, apparently they found the space. And that comes off the back of Joseph Sawali saying that he wants to be a Rooster for life now and not go to Rugby Union. So show me, show me how they're going to make space. <laughs> Show me mathematically. I like maths. Show me. Everyone's on fucking eight hundred thousand dollars there, at least. Can't they can't be? They can't. Matt Lodge can't sign there. Well, he he probably won't. But he's been good for them, hasn't he? 
He has been good. He's yeah. been really good. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm saying the Roosters are the Roosters are they're plowing through. If they if they make the eight, they're gonna be they're gonna be a prospect. I tell you. I've had eight eight of their starting thirteen ran for over hundred meters. Yeah, mate. What was um? What do you think it was about the Cowboys this 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 week? Do you think they've just had an off week or? Mate, uh, I don't know what you can. Yeah, probably can't underestimate the Paul Green passing. Yeah, yeah, that was upsetting well, to a lot of the were, players. There, that were, there, there were talk. There were talks. There were talks of play, some players wouldn't be able to play. Mm. Like I know you can use it as motivation, but like you can all, you can also let it become. You can get too emotional as well. Yeah. Because uh, Tom Malolo was there when they won. Um, who else would have been there? Was he the only one when they won? Yeah. And Jay Granville, but he was the 18th man. So they had, oh, Jordan McLean. No, he wouldn't have been there. That's it. Only two players. But, yeah, yeah. they reckon the club was rocked. So that's probably their, that's probably their reasoning. Mate, look. I haven't got much else to add for these games here. The run-in is they're pretty straightforward, a lot of these matches now. Um, some people are just doing the they're going through the motions uh, leading into the finals now. And this is that period. This is that period of this post-origin now. So it's the run into finals period. Clarky, we've always we've established on this podcast that there's three periods in the NRL season, and it's do or die now. And a lot of the Clubs that were in contention are dying, except for the Raiders. So, talking about going through the motions, wait till the next game. Jesus. Well, um, and the Akasha MVP 3 2 1s for that game is Sam Verrill's yeah, game game of his career three points, Joey Manu two, and Jared Warrior Hargraves one point. All right, ready for the blockbuster, Clarkie. The game five matchup was the third place Cronulla Sharks defeating the 16th and last place West Tigers, 36 to 12. The Sharks won their third match in a row. They are maintaining a solid top four position uh, with these victories that they're just accumulating here. But the biggest talking point out of this one is Toby Rudolph hurting his hurting his knee. That's a, mate. It is MCL. Uh, NRL physio thinks he's out for two to four weeks. I hope he's not out for that long. Um, I really like Toby Rudolph. I, I like him on and off the field, actually. Um, but yeah, look, the Sharks just <laughs> what do you say, Clarky? The Tigers are done. The Tigers are actually well, in, ja- in danger of getting the wooden spoon. The Sharks are not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it. Yeah, but um, again, another eight of the eight of their starting thirteen ran for over hundred meters. And Nico Hines ran for half back running for two hundred and twenty three meters. Oh, he had a field Isn't day. Nico something? Hines. He had yeah. a field day. He, like Matt Moylan has been really, really good this season. Like, I'm pretty sure he's re-signed because of how good he's been going. Yeah, And he's been really good. And he's been really good for Nico Hines. But it's like Nico Hines just stood up without him, like something severe. But, um, yeah, Lockie Miller made his third appearance in the NRL. The 
the rugby sevens superstar, I guess you would call him. He 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 played on the wing, but yeah, they had um scored a nice try on the wing. Kay Dykes. Yeah, he did Dykes. Second game. Like they've got some they're missing a lot of plays to the Sharks and they're just going through the motions. They're just they they look pretty dominant. They're looking good. I look, I, I thought at the start of the year, I thought, oh, all the hype with the Sharks will be like the hype with the Bulldogs and they won't actually make the eight. Um, you know, I stupidly said the Dragons would, but wasn't that stupid because they're close, but they're not making the eight, so it's still wrong. But, um, yeah, on the Tigers, Clarkie, the, they're in danger of winning their first wooden spoon as a combined club, um, as the West Tigers. Some good news for them, but. I read that Isaiah Papali'i has committed to going over to, you know, committing to his deal and going over to the Tigers. But all this innuendo and, and not really committing in public, don't you find that strange that now he's like, oh, I'm coming? Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the Benji factors worked. Hopefully. Hopefully. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, look, I've got nothing else to say about this game. Um, I'm happy to move on uh, to the Akasha MVP 321s, Clarky. God, obviously, Nico Hines, three points, Jesse Ramian, two, and Blake Braley, one. Game six, Ryan. The sixth place Brisbane Broncos defeated the 14th place Newcastle Knights 28 to 10. I thought this was a solid victory for the Broncos to bounce back with and. Re- Turn to the winner's circle. Um, the Knights are in dire straits, Clarky. They are scrambling reserve grade players, and look, losing Clemmer is, is a is a big factor in in their loss. He didn't play this game, but um, they're just scraping, and it's so bad. They they are. Honestly, I think they're the worst team to watch right now. The Newcastle Knights. They maybe Manly too. <laughs> Manly's been playing playing pretty poorly, but I don't like watching Knights games this year at all. They're very, very poor. Yeah, and when your reserve grey teams getting flogged by fifty six points, like <laughs> and Oliver Gildart scores five tries, but um, yeah, there's not, <laughs> yeah, there's not much. There's there's really not much upside to the Knights, but yeah, Adam Reynolds had another instrumental game. He's he's just been when he plays, he just steers that team around the park like he's been rejuvenated. Adam Reynolds, he's been phenomenal this year, but um. Yeah, Tamari Martin. I think we mentioned it before. He had a he had a fantastic game again. I wonder what the Warriors picked him up for, like cost wise. I don't reckon that. I don't reckon it would have been much. And yeah, you know, he lived in New been. Zealand in his little hiatus there. He was playing in the Auckland Rugby League competition. Yeah, so, yeah. He's been he's been a revelation this year. And Ezra Man, he's getting better every game. How good's he going? I like like he was our. He was our pin up for the uh, bunker review video that we do every every time we put our fan poll results out. We have a video of the weekly content on the NRL, and Ezra Man made the cut. And mm. mate, he's he's flashy, but he looks good, and he's doing his job. And I think he 
bounces off Adam Reynolds um, effectively. So, oh, yeah, hundred percent. They're they're they've yeah they complement each other very well. Yeah, and then you got and then you got Selwyn Cobbo. He's three tries, one hundred and ninety six meters, mm. ten tackle breaks, three line breaks. Like he was, he was fantastic. Look, I think the Broncos are missing Pat Carrigan for a bit of that, a bit of leadership there. Like I got to be honest. Uh, but again, he'll be back when it matters, that being the finals, which the Broncos will be making for the first time in a while. So, you know, it's good to see. I don't think the Broncos will go any further than week two. That's even pushing it. They might even lose in week one, but <clears throat> it's commendable to make the eight. And it's it's not it's not easy as some clubs, you know, like the Tigers haven't made for ten years. So but they signed um, two they signed two players this year. The Broncos. Yeah, Capewell and Reynolds. Yeah, that's a gigantic turnaround. Mm, yeah, and just having faith in your in your kids, Payne Haas, Pat Carrigan, Selwyn Cobbo. Um, you know, it would have been nice if Herbie Farmworth Jordan, was there all year. You know, like he's Jordan a, Rick, Jordan Ricky. He's been a good buy from the from the Dragons. I think they were silly getting rid of him. Oh no, not Jordan Ricky. I'm thinking of Jordan Pereira. Jordan Ricky's been good. Yes, yeah, sorry, I I just did a guilty there. <laughs> um going over to the Knights, Clarky, and some some um you know from bad to worse for them, um, for lack of a better term. Uh some drama that emerged this morning. Uh the club are investigating what is it? I forgot about this. Yeah, so the club are investigating the injured pair in Kalen Ponga and Kurt Mann. They for those that don't know, were video recorded being kicked out of a bathroom cubicle in a Newcastle hotel or no. licensed premises by security. Uh, the investigation's finished. Oh, it's finished. Yeah, his dad told everyone what happened. <laughs> his dad said Kalen was sick and Kurt Mann was helping him. Oh, in, because they bought a, a cubicle. Because he, he bought a property. Yeah, bought a, he was celebrating and... um. Was helping him out like a good friend. <laughs> okay, that bloke. That's, seriously, you know that is. Are you saying the dad? Oh, mate, the dad during the contract talks was an absolute fucking flog, and then he comes out with that nonsense. Like uh, seriously, on seriously, Andre. Oh, this Andre. <laughs> You know what, Kyle? I'm going to combat your comments there and say that Kalimponga's dad coming out and saying that Kalimponga was sick and Kermit was in there to help him is a masterstroke. That is the best thing you can come up with. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's only two reasons why you've been in a cubicle in a men's bathroom. There's only two reasons. I'm not going to say what two reasons they are. Use your imagination, fam. But I don't think he was sick. Have you have has um have have you ever had a mate vomit in the toilet mm. and you've gone in to help him? <laughs> Seriously, no. Come on, Andre. So you go, You've got to come up with something better than that. That's so good. Oh my god. Oh, anyway, nights. No, you just call it a season. Just forfeit the next three games, yeah. champs. You just 
having a shocker. <laughs> having a shocker. Anyway, Clarky, do you catch it? MVP three, two, one. Well, we've already mentioned them. Adam Reynolds three, Tamari Martin two, Selwyn Cobo one. Oh, okay, that's funny. Okay, game seven, the ninth place Canberra Raiders defeat the eleventh place St George Illawarra Dragons twenty four points to twenty two. Canberra keep their finals hopes alive and have consequently ended the Dragons, who have now lost three matches in a row. Let me say from the outset, Clarky, the ending to this game was not as controversial or even in the midst of controversy, in my opinion, like their round 16 clash where the Dragons won 12 to 10. It was similar circumstances, except the play of the ball wasn't slowed down and the Dragons actually knocked it on. So no controversy here. Nothing to see here, but what do you think? I think you're comparing it to the other one. I reckon if this was a situation in itself, everyone would be blown up, but everyone's just going, eh. You reckon, I really, like, the, like, Corey Haruanara tackles, uh, who was it? Was it Fenai that made that break? Yeah, Fenai. And... Like the second he's on him, he goes, Oh, get up. And Corey Arunara proceeds to get up and the bell goes. And he hasn't played the ball. He, he actually drops an- the ball. Uh, gives him another little shove. Uh, I, I, don't, I disagree. I disagree. It was a penalty. I disagree. Oh, okay. I, I think I think it's it's done. Game over. Too but, bad, so sad. Mate, I'm not gonna argue with you because it's karma. Yeah, it is karma, isn't it? Unlucky. Unlucky. <laughs> that was harsh. Harsh to all yeah. the Dragons fans out there, don't you think? Yeah. Nah. Nah, I agree. You can't. You can't and go, oh, we've been robbed or something. Nah. Nah, whoever said they got robbed is just, nah. Sorry, nah. <laughs> Sorry, no. Um, for the Dragons, uh, Talatau Moan scoring a hat-trick. That's wild. He did a fantastic job. Stood out. Him and Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt kicking like how many 40-20s? Kicked the 40-20 and 20-40s, and he was having a bloody blinder as well. Mate, he's... Yeah, he's... He's shooing for kangaroos, Ben Hunt. Absolutely a shooing. Yeah. I don't want to go too far, but I'm telling you, like, he's... Knocking on the door, like they would at least talk about him as an option for halfback. He's playing that good. Like he's in career best form. And look, eventually we're going to pick our, like you, Gildy, and I are going to pick our Australian kangaroo squads. I'm curious to see where we're going to put him, but he's making the starting lineup. That's how, that's how good he's playing. And Unfortunately for the Dragons, he's the only reason why they're in games. It's a good thing. You know what's, bad thing. You, know what's, you know what's crazy? I think he's on 1.1. 1. 1. He's on 1.2. Okay, he's on 1.2. And mm. when he was on 1.2 the first couple of years, everyone was blown up. Mate, they're looking to extend him and increase to 1.3. That is actually and you can't that's actually and wild that they Well, you can't, but like you can because it's, it's a lot of money. Look, the only reason why it might not sound like a lot of money is because the salary cap is increasing next year. Like a lot. 
but we don't know what oh, that's a, that's another bloody argument because Clint Newton came out for the he's the RLPA chairman and he's blown up about it because they still haven't finalized those figures. However, what it does is blow up. Yeah, and no one listens. But mm. anyway, the yeah, the, the the dragons really want Ben Hunt so much so that they're going to lose Jaden Sullivan and apparently he's coming to the Bulldogs because he's just not going to get a start with Ben Hunt there. Yeah, we can't keep everyone. Look, Jaden Sullivan's probably, well, he's got the potential to be a first grader. So what's he, you can't just keep sitting beside, sitting behind a moan and mm. Rams in, you've got Sloan and yeah. Mate, um, over to the Raiders now and they did it the hard way. Did it, you know, exciting if you're a neutral, but mate, if you're a Raiders supporter, like vying for the top eight, winning by two against the Dragons. I know it's a clutch game. The Dragons are also vying for that top eight, but, you know, the better team... Do you think the better team won here? Yeah, I think so. It's just the Raiders were fading again like they always do. <laughs> they love it, eh? They love it. But, look, Xavier Savage, I thought he had one of the best games he's had in Canberra Colours. Uh, a few players stood out for, for the Raiders here, but... Um, he was a definite standout for them. Uh, yeah, I think on went it upward for them. I to the, at the expense of a roost of the Roosters. Obviously, being a Bulldog supporter, I'd love the Raiders to get over the Roosters. Sorry, Roosters fans, that's just my opinion. Um, obviously, it's yours too, Clarky, because you're a Rabbitoh supporter. But um, hundred yeah, percent. Well, you could actually your your club could actually contribute to that being the round twenty five match against the Roosters at the new SFS Stadium. But um, yeah, the Raiders are weird because they can rattle teams and then they can, you know, lose to an underman Penrith. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, but they've got a they've got a soft run home, which they need to slaughter sides to, you know, show some show some grit and, you know, really push for that top eight side, top eight spot. Sorry. Mm. Look, I've got, I have nothing more to add here, um, Clarky. If you do, but if you don't, a cash MVP three two ones. We had obviously Teletau Moan got three, Xavier Savage two, and Josh Papali'i one. Josh Papali'i going to Samoa. We'll talk about that soon, won't we, Clarky? Ooh, big, big, big final game. Ryan, the fifteenth placed. Gold Coast Titans defeated the 10th place Manly Sea Eagles 44 to 24. Now, the Titans finally end their 10 game losing streak in sensational fashion, ending Manly's hopes of reaching the top eight, annihilating them on the Gold Coast at Rabina Park. What's it called now? Seabus Super Stadium. Clarky Manly have lost four in a row. I think they have significantly flopped in 2022. I know they lost Trebojevic, but they have a very good roster, in my opinion. I don't know if it's the Pride and League jersey debacle or what's going on over there. They have a good coach. They have a, a club on the rise financially, and they've got nothing to show for it this year. They flopped. They just They just flopped. I think they're just 
they don't have any confidence without Turbo. That's I think that's what it comes down to. Because yeah, that you look at that team on paper, and that is a that's a top eight team or closer to the top eight than what they are. Like they should be with the Raiders and like vying for that top eight spot. They they can't be out of it out of the running with three weeks to go. They're better than that. Well, mate, I I, I regretted it when I did it, but I put Manly in my top four, I think. No, yeah, but if Turbo doesn't get injured, they probably make the top four. Oh, look, I, even with Turbo, I was like, oh, they'll make the top. They'll make the top eight. And then I thought Garrick was playing well in the fullback position. And then the last two weeks, it's just shown his true colors. He cannot defend in the fullback role. He is not a fullback. Last <laughs> week against Para, which we obviously didn't speak about in depth, but he did not have the right field position in the fullback role, didn't even make genuine attempts. Like this week was another, they had a couple, a couple more, like when um, Bo Firmall broke the line. Like, it's like, you need to be covering line breaks and you're just not in the right position. And that's a, a real big factor into why the scores blow out against their club. Like, obviously like the, the line of defense needs to be better, but the fullback is the last line of defense and he's just not there to cover. He's just, Right out of position, and unfortunately, Manly fans, you're done. There's, there's no, there's no way mathematically. It needs to be a gigantic miracle. It's not going to happen. So, on the other hand, the Gold Coast Titans, they've tried every week. I, f- I feel, and they can put points on teams. And this week, they just showed some more grit in defence and solidified this game. And they just ran with the. Rolled with the punches. So. But yeah. it's just, it, David Fafita plays. Does David Fafita play well and then the Titans play well? Or does he just play well when the Titans are playing well? I, I don't know what happened there because he had a fucking blinder, didn't he? Yeah. He had like, a blinder. AJ Brimson. Fuck, he was mad. He, he, he mm. had some mm. moments in that game which were extraordinary, in my opinion. But. Yeah. Yeah, mate. We'll, we'll move it to their catch MVP three two, three two ones because we'll talk about these three players now. But these three players that you're about to bring up were the they were the dudes they were the guys. You're Bo Firma, Bo Firmore, Bo Firma, Bo Firmo, Bo Firmi, Bo Firmi. Um, meters, like two like two tries as a back rower, like. Like obviously, Manly's defense was atrocious, but the the, the lines that Bo Firma runs are exceptional. And you got David Fafida just just killed everyone when he scored that try. Boys. Yeah, yeah, killed everybody. And and it's just the same question we get to ask every time he has one of those games: How do they get him to play like that every week? And even though they have to do it every week, every second or third week, they I reckon Titans fans would be happy. Yep. And um, AJ Brimson won. I loved his quick tap, and then he had a few line breaks in that game. He just he looked deadly. Then the try he scored on the line, we just ah, oh, he was. I thought it was fantastic. I like it. I like it, Clarky. But rapid fire tips for round twenty three. This is three rounds to go, Clarky. Um. My tipping sucks this year. But anyway, 
I'll give my I'll put my best foot forward because people like like our tips. So Clarky, let's start with game one: the Rabbitohs versus the Panthers at Homebush. Huge game, um, mate. Panthers injury toll is just too much. I don't know whether Dylan Edwards is playing, but if he's not, then yeah, Rabbitohs. Well, Billy Kikau came back this week. Um, did nothing um, exceptional. Um, I think the Rabbitohs will will trounce them hard. So I'm picking Rabbitohs as well. Latrell did limp off at um, training today. Oh, so. he, he he said he already posted that it was nothing. So I think it'll okay. be sweet. Uh, game two: the Cowboys versus the Warriors at Townsville. Cowboys, Cowboys, but I hope the Warriors win. Uh, game mm. three: the Broncos versus the Storm at Brisbane. It's a huge game. It is. Um, I'm going to go Broncos with the upset. I'm picking the Storm. I think Cameron Munster will smack him because he loves Suncorp. Uh, another big game and a jersey bet, actually. The Eels versus the Bulldogs at Parramatta. Surely, Para. I fucking hope not. I hope it's 40 to 4 again, like it was <laughs> earlier this year. Which was insane. That was my favorite game ever. That was the return of the dogs. <laughs> um, I'm picking the Bulldogs because I have no more life in my tips. So I'm picking the dogs. <laughs> uh, game five, the Seagulls versus Sharks at Manly. Sharks. Picking the Sharks as well. Manly, uh, they just they threw in the towel, I think. Game six, the Roosters versus the Tigers at the SCG. Roosters. Roosters. But I think it might be a close game. It might be a close game. <sighs> Sound like guilty again. Uh, the <laughs> Game seven, the Dragons versus the Titans at Wollongong. Danger game for Dragons, I think. Dragons, surely. Pick Dragons too, but again, I think it's a bit dangerous for the Dragons. And the final game, um, this is going to be a shocker, the Knights versus the Raiders at Newcastle. <laughs> this will be terrible. Yeah, Raiders. Uh, it better be the Raiders, seriously. They've got to win three. So, one game at a time, boys. Clarky, it's just you and I, unusually for the bunker of you today. How do you feel? Where's the commitment, Where's the commitment from Nicholas? Fair <laughs> income. I'm here every single episode. I watch every single game. Not the minis. Mm-hmm. I watch every single game, the full 80-minute game, so I can... Prepare for this podcast and then Gildy just just zero commitment. Don't like it. Just decides to drive to Canberra. <laughs> you know, go have an appointment. <laughs> Whatever, Nick. And you know an what? Appointment. I thought it was a date. <laughs> they call it appointments these days, Clark. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm That's, out of the um, loop. Yeah, you are. Like I, I haven't am. been. I haven't. I haven't been on an appointment in a while. <laughs> but look, this is your favorite segment, the around the grounds. <laughs> yeah. What What's the segment for, Clark? You let them know. For all non NRL related news. Yeah, oh, that's pretty good. Rugby league coverage. I like that. It's good. Coverage. There we go. Yeah. All right. The Super League table, real quick. There's four rounds to go over in England. Uh, they've just completed round 23. St. Helens are still first on 38 points. Wigan Warriors are second on 32 points. Huddersfield Giants are third on 29 points. 
Catalan's Dragons are fourth on 28 points. Castleford Tigers are on 24 points at fifth. And the Leeds Rhinos have snuck into the top six. They are now on 23 points. South Red Devils are seventh on 22. Hull Kingston Rovers and Hull FC are on 20 at eighth and ninth, respectively. Warrington Wolves are 10th at 16 points. The Wakefield Trinity Wildcats, oh, sorry, it's just Wakefield Trinity now. Uh, they're on 14 points and they are four points ahead of the last place to lose Olympic who are on 10 points and are probably going to be relegated after their first season in the Super League. Over to the main headlines, Clarkey, big one for the West Tigers. Uh, Super League related, by the way. The West Tigers have made inquiries to sign Johnny Bateman from the Wigan Warriors, despite John Bateman being contracted until the end of 2024. Wigan have denied this request already. However, they have stated if you really want him, you're going to have to transfer 350 to 400 Australian dollars, thousand Australian dollars as a transfer fee, plus whatever his contract is worth. What do you think of this? I know you love John Bateman. Uh, look, my <laughs> thoughts on John Bateman as a bloke aside seem, seems pretty reasonable, to be fair. 450000 because that, that comes out of their salary cap, yeah? So this is the fuck. This is the funny part about this, right? I was reading an article, and to my understanding, it comes out of the NRL salary cap. In England, it doesn't. Yeah. If you if you have a yeah. transfer fee in England, it doesn't come out of England salary cap. However, if the NRL are paying for someone, i.e., John Bateman, if they pay three fifty four hundred, it comes out of the cap plus whatever you're you're going to pay him his salary, which would be you know seven eight hundred. But I read an article today that said that it doesn't come out of the cap. So I, I'm actually not too sure, to be fair. But I'm sure it, it does. If yeah, I, I, was, I thought it did too. So if it's three fifty four hundred k, and then his wage on top, do you think it's worth the Tigers pursuing? Oh, they can get him a hundred percent. It's do you think still they risky. Get him? Like, should get him as in. Like, should the Tigers yeah. sign someone like John Bateman? Or so that, should they sign John Bateman? Like they're going for John Bateman. Yeah. I, I can't, it's risky. Mm. You just turn around and do what he did last time. Like what, what's changed now? Mm. Very like, weird. Has he, got back, has he got back with his wife? Did he, did he have a wife? Did she come over? Did, was the issue that she didn't come over? No, the issue is that his daughter stayed in, in England. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Was his daughter coming? Like I might leave some issues, but still. Yeah. It's um I don't know. It's maybe they can get him and he plays out his full contract. He's obviously shown that he's he's an ex he's an X factor. Mm. But risky. Risky. Yeah. Mate, a lot of a lot of risk is happening at the Tigers, like obviously with the coaching next year and the plan onward. Um, as well as these um I'd say dubious signings that are on the radar. I don't know. Bit of a risky one. I'm with you. But moving on to the Newcastle Knights, again on an NRL club whilst we're on the Super League uh, headlines. And apparently they have made three key signings from the Super League, Clarkie. Bevan French is set to return. That one's not confirmed yet, but he's currently plying his trade at Wigan. Um. Mm-hmm. 
it, that's been reported all year that he's been homesick. He's come back, obviously, because he had a death in the family. He's gone back to England, but I don't think he's going to last. So the, apparently the Knights have signed Bevan French. They have also confirmed the signing of the two best up-and-coming English prospects in a while, those two being Kai Pearce, Paul, and Will Price, both from Wigan and Huddersfield, respectively. So three English signings for the Knights next year. What do you think? Yeah, again, in, I don't know whether Bevan French could be classed as a key signing. He's He'll be a winger, yeah? Mm. Yeah, he would be there, yeah. Or, you know oh. what, because Tex, Tex Hoy is going over to the Super League next year. Yeah, because be everyone's like, oh, yeah, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, Ponga might move into the half. It's like, just because Bevan French has been playing fullback over there, he was he was never a fullback here. He's a winger. Mm. So, <clears throat> um, they've lost a lot of outside backs, the Knights. Well, that's why they've bought Kai Pierce Paul and Will Price. Who, so the, so they're both backs, are they wingers or centers or what? So, uh, they can go between fullback, center, and then Will Price can also play five eight. So they've been touting these two for the whole year, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's a big worry because all the key players are going to go to NRL," and it's like, "Yeah, they will," because there's quadruple the amount of salary in Australia than there is in England. So, yeah. Big yeah, I think it's a wait. Movement. I think it's a wait and see. The Bevan French signing, like that's not a that he wouldn't be a bad signing at any club. Like he, he's probably a starter on the wing at most club, probably at least half the clubs, especially mm. at Newcastle. And he's mm-hmm. like he can fill in at fullback. But yeah, the other two will obviously wait and see. If they haven't played much Super League, then well, yeah, the, there's no, there's no the records are for outside backs in the NRL is you know poor. With oh, succession. Hey, 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 hey. Oliver Gildart scored five tries on the weekend. <laughs> Who for? Who for, Clarky? The North Sydney Bears. Hey, that's right. And we will talk about him soon in the Bunker Review, believe it or not. But, um, yeah, yeah, he did. You're right. And they won, what, 60 to four? Is that right? 60 to four, yeah. Who'd they beat? The Dragons, yeah? Or was it Knights? No, I think it was Newcastle. It was Knights. Yeah, that's because all their bloody... Reserves are going up to NRL and it's just a kerfuffle over at Newcastle. But moving on, the last two confirmed signings uh, from NRL players to Super League players. Eel Centre, Tom Opacic, has confirmed and officially made the move to Hull Kingston Rovers from 2023 onward. And Raiders back rower Harry Rushton has returned to England and he will play three and a bit years with the Huddersfield Giants. What do you think of them? That's a, yeah, that's a bit... Oh, Tom Opacek, yeah. That's, he'll be good there. Yeah, he'll be good there. But, oh, yeah, Harry Rushton's a bit disappointing. Like, I thought he showed a little bit of promise mm. in the handful of games that he played for for Canberra, but... He could be homesick. Or they're just not giving him a go. Even though he's, you know, he scored on the weekend. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, mate, moving over to the World Cup now and... A lot of defections, Clarky, to huge, the, huge the, news. Yeah, to the bemusement of yours and the amusement of mine. Um, we'll start with Samoa. So Josh Papali'i and Junior Paulo have notified Mao Meninga and now the media that they will be playing for Samoa over Australia at the Rugby League World Cup. They have reneged, but 
A funny one that I want to reel you in with is Junior Paula said that he has more passion for Samoa. And the reason being is someone asked him a question of which anthem makes you more emotional. And obviously he's more akin, he's more attached to his Samoan side. But then he said, I've got passion for the Samoan jersey and the New South Wales blues jersey. It's just a different it's just a different shade of blue is what he said. It's a different, it's a different, it's a different shade of green, as they would say. (laughs) But I want to hear your thoughts on these two playing for Samoa. Mate, I'm sorry. Like purely looking at it from the Rugby League World Cup perspective, Mm. it's the rugby, the, the World Cup is looking very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Like, mate, I can tell you right now, I don't think I watched one game from the last World Cup. Really? You didn't watch the final with England and Australia? Oh, I can't I can't remember, so probably not, because it was probably was it was it here? Where was it? It was in Australia, New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Look, mate, I might have watched the final, who knows? But I can tell you right <laughs> now, I'll be watching a lot of I I'll be watching a lot of these games because they're all gonna be they're gonna be a lot closer than what the previous World Cups have been. Well, yeah, but there'll be more you... competitive teams this time around, I think. Yeah, but when you can, mate. Like what Gilly always says, he's like, all right, yep, good on you. Um, you're not playing for New South Wales again. And but I still have that thought. Are you still with that? Junior Paul Junior Paul has played his last game for New South Wales, <sighs> in, my, in my opinion. Fair enough. Mate, um, little, little, um, little surprise for you. I was on the blower today to Michael Carboni from Chasing Kangaroos. Mm-hmm. And there's something in the pipeline there to collab with him later down the track when the World Cup starts to kick into gear and the popularity for it starts to hype up. Right. So things are in motion there, my friend, and everyone that's listening. Very um, good. Yeah, because he is the International Rugby League legend. So make sure you guys also give him a follow because he's a champion. Uh, Clark, he's still on Australia, the Australian Kangaroos. Now, Regan Campbell-Gillard, he has publicly stated his intent to play for the Kangaroos. Uh, however, obviously, if he doesn't make it, he's eligible for Fiji, but he's putting his foot forward for the Kangaroos. Same with Joseph Suwali. Now, I think with the withdrawal of Tom Trebojevic and, I guess, Kalen Ponga, they're both out injured now. I think he's going to snap up a a wing spot potentially, but at least a squad spot. But what I do you said, think? Of, I said it. What a, do you think of those yeah, two? I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I said um, that um, he'll he'll have to be spoken about at least. Who who just who's the two? Did if I must have interrupted you? The two that were you about out? to say? Oh, the two that pulled out. Well, yeah, Caelan Ponga with the head knocks and. Trubovich is Tom, Tom, I think he's just he's been spoken to by Scott Penn, his boss, and said, Come on, mate. Um probably. But yeah, because it'll really at the end of the day, it'll be what because the the talks are it's like you can take him or Selwyn Cobbo. And mm. I don't think you can take both. I think oh. there's it's you know, you, you reckon they can? Well, they could. It just depends on a few defections. Like there's a there's a couple more here that yeah, there's one one or two more here that could ruffle feathers and Suwali would yeah. be the next in line, you know what I mean? 
like they're both out and out wingers. Like really, because because they've only played what fifteen games between or twenty mm. games between them. Like they are out and out wingers. I know Selwyn Cobo is probably going to be a fantastic fullback. Suwali could be a fantastic fullback or center or whatever, but they're wingers. Can you take two 19-year-old wingers, 18-year-old wingers? Well, you got Josh Addo Carr as well. He'll be, I think he'll be getting a look in. 100% he will be. The uh, Fox will be going. Uh, the Fox will He'll be first picked. Mm. You got, they got a, like, obviously, I think the squad numbers, to my understanding, is 24. Um, the number changes between 22 and 25. I think because they're going over to England, it might be a bit higher. So let's assume it's 24. They just got to balance out how many reserves you've got for positions and how many utilities you need if multiple people get injured in that position. And yeah, it's a balancing act. Mm. But I got this feeling Swale would pick. RCG, you think he's got a chance? No. On form, yes. Mm. On apparent character, no. Well, it doesn't matter with Meninga. He's clean slate not with not with bloody yeah. he's, not, he's not in the bad books with Meninga like he is with yeah, the Blues true true but um I think that's just more of his way he was coming out and just reminding the Fijian coach that he was <laughs> that he can be picked for Fiji because yeah maybe maybe why men why mention it well mate another one that's that's doing the rounds now is Valentine Holmes and he's publicly stated he is leaning towards representing the Cook Islands instead of Australia. However, is undecided. And that's a big one. The Cook Islands. Look, they look, they've obviously got more reserve grade players in their side than someone like Samoa or Tonga, uh, even Fiji and Papua New Guinea. However, that's a massive coup. And if he goes to Cook Islands, it, it shows that he's more passionate about Cook Islands because they're obviously not going to win the World Cup. I think it's commendable yeah. if he goes. Yeah, I guess it'll be more. It'll probably be more commendable than, say, Junior Paul like um because mate, the more they they keep going, they're probably going to win the World Cup, or if not, they'll go very friggin' close. So, Samoa, you saying? Yeah, yeah. I think Whereas, they're going to have a strong squad. Whereas Val Holmes is like he'll be going. He's basically sacrificing. A semi-final spot. They won't rate this. They'll be they'll battle make the quarters. Yeah, they will. They will. They will. Because they're in a pool with Tonga, Papua New Guinea, and Wales, if I'm not mistaken. So mm. yeah, it's a big it's a big pool there. <laughs> but anyway, um, Luke Keary has committed to Ireland, and he's trying to bring over Morgan Harper and Jamin Jolliffe. So that's an interesting little prospect there. What do you mean bring uh, over Jamin Jolliffe and... Well, like he's trying to convince them because they've got Irish heritage. So he's yeah, like, hey. Why wouldn't they play if they've got Irish heritage? Or they're just gonna, I don't know. I don't know. They maybe, prefer maybe. to sit at home. I don't know. <laughs> Can't answer that. Yeah. Lachlan Ilias, your, Rabido, your young Rabbitohs halfback, Clarky, he's committed to Greece and he stated it will be his greatest... Rugby league moment representing his late grandfather. I really like that. Yeah, I think that's unless he cool. gets picked for unless he gets picked for Australia. Ah, come on, you know, get out of it. Uh, Jackson Hastings, he wants to play for England. Obviously, he can't play for Australia because he's represented Great Britain. Uh, he is injured now, as you know, uh, but he is trying his hardest to 
not be ruled out and putting his foot forward for England. He's been playing mad for the Tigers, obviously before injury and before Pat Carrigan nearly killed him. But um, yeah, he, he's really intent on playing for England. So that'll be interesting as well. Last yeah. one I've got for you, Clarky. Wales are attempting to get Tyson Frizzell to play for them again, like he did in the 2013 Rugby League World Cup. However, they said they won't hold their breath, quote, unquote. Oh, he's not getting picked for Australia. He's going to play for Tonga, I reckon. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Over to the NRLW, Clarky. It starts this weekend. So the 2022 season, as opposed to the 2021 season, that was earlier in the year for those that are a bit confused about what's happening. Uh, the same format, the same six clubs will be playing in the 2022 competition. Uh, as a reminder, the Roosters are the current champions. They defeated the Dragons in an upset in the delayed 2021 competition. So, like I said, the same format will be retained. Each club will play each other once before a semi-final week and then a grand final after that. Kicking off round one is this weekend. 1 p.m. on Saturday, the 20th of August, the Eels will play the Roosters at Combank Stadium. As a curtain raise, it's the Eels-Bulldogs NRL match. 12 p.m. on Sunday, the 21st of August, the Dragons play the Titans at Wynn Stadium as a curtain raiser to the NRL men's fixture equivalent. And finally, 6.10 p.m. on Sunday, the 21st of August, the Knights play the Broncos at McDonald Jones Stadium after the Knights-Raiders NRL match, which kicks off at 4 p.m. It's a bit of a different one, isn't it, Clarky? It's cool. So when's the expansion? Is the expansion next year? It's next year for 2023. Okay, gotcha. But some historical news, sorry, historic news, Clarky, for the NRLW. And I think it's a master move from the NRL. On Friday, the 2nd of September, the NRLW grand final rematch between the Roosters and Dragons will be the first event to open the brand new Allianz Stadium in Moore Park and act as a double header to the Roosters Rabbitohs rivalry men's clash in the NRL. What do you think of this? Yeah, that's really cool. It is, eh? It's sold out already. The game's I, sold out. I, so. I, I really like what the the NRL's making the right moves with the women's game. It's it's commendable. Actually, very actually really impressive. Like when they copped it during COVID, when they postponed the twenty twenty one season, ourselves included, we were like, oh, they're you know. They're kind of thinking it, thinking of it as an afterthought, and they're going to fuck it up somehow. But they're actually doing a really good job. I'm with you. So, yeah. are you going to that game? The Roosters Rabbitohs. I don't, I don't know. I don't think my. I don't think I know if I'm working or not. The well, it's sold out, so you got to like snap some tickets somewhere. So because... no. Oh, there so you go. I, I am not going. I'm not going. <laughs> Fair enough. Man, I drove past it yesterday. The stadium looks insane. It looks so, so good. I'd it's like to think so. It's, you know, you know, it's, um, I was looking it up yesterday. <clears throat> you know, it's decreased in capacity. Uh, by, uh, by 500 seats or 500 by 500 people. Yeah, it's all right. That's crazy. It, 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 yeah. Like, it's designed like the stadium design is just like para where you're above the field. I like you in your elevated. So. It looks, Oh man, it looks sick, but we will be talking about stadiums in our bunker review, which we will move on to by the way, 
uh, the Sideline Stories Bunker Review, Clarky, presented by Rusty Penny. Uh, the fan poll results, which, again, I released late and did on Sunday instead of Friday. Whoopsie. Uh, very quickly, uh, we asked these questions two weeks ago, obviously because we delayed our episode. Um, the first topic, should free-to-air have broadcast at least the Kangaroos games for the World Cup? 84% said yes. Now, obviously, it's in England, so it's going to be graveyard shift times, but I think this is a shit move from Channel 9. They just show they don't give a fuck about the international game. And that's why I hate them. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I've got, I wouldn't watch it on Channel Nine even if it was on Channel Nine. So yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Next topic: Would you select? Now, this is a question for you, Clark, because I know your answer for this. Would you select Jeremiah Nanai in the Australian Kangaroos squad for the Rugby League World Cup? Now, sixty-seven percent said yes. What do you say? Yeah, I've gone with. I've gone with yes. So did I. Yeah, he's. He he showed in origin that he's not just a a club player. So he was like he didn't just hold his own. Like he he stood out in game three in particular. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think he deserves a spot. Yeah. Uh, next topic: Should the NRL sacrifice some TV deal money to allow a weekly prime time Saturday game on free to air? Seventy nine percent said yes. So, like we said in episode 63, the NRL, in the last five rounds, they only show the primetime Saturday slot for those games. They don't do it from round one. They do it from round 21 onward. And I think that's ridiculous. But what do you think, Clarky? The same answer to the last one. I I wouldn't watch it on Channel 9, so... Look, I, I don't watch Channel 9, but it's for those that can't afford Foxtel. It's for those that don't have access to Foxtel or, you know, their internet is shit or whatever. Like it needs to be on free to air because more eyeballs see the TV on free to air. Just saying, even though I don't watch it either, I'm with you. I can watch it delayed. I just think it's important, but they're not doing it for the next five years anyway. So I'm just beating a dead horse here. Next topic, Clarky. Does the media protect Nathan Cleary's image? 70% said yes. No, I agree. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, well, look at what Aaron Woods said a few weeks ago. He bloody blew up about it. And you mustn't like Nathan Cleary, mm. clearly, because he's protected. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, next topic. Once forward momentum has stopped, should players be penalized for entering the tackle? 75% said yes, Clarky. Yeah, of course they should be. Well, I think it's going to be... But- if they do bring something like that in, it's going to be a shit show because it's the NRL and referees and the public opinion, and it's just going to be chaotic. Yeah, that is true. But it should be a penalty, ideally, but ideally doesn't work in rugby league, so we'll just move on, eh? Uh, Pride round in 2023, 55% support it. Not enough. Not enough, Clarky. No, not enough. I like um both Anasta's idea. Yeah. About doing a mental a mental health round for next year. Yeah. <clears throat> I do like that too. But mm. we'll see if that comes to fruition as well. Next topic. Should Thursday footy be played at suburban, heritage, country towns, or expansion grounds only? 80% said yes. That means no more ANZ Stadium, Thursday games, Suncorp Stadium, blah, blah, blah. 80%. I like that. Yeah. I, I like that, Clarky. 
it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, who will win the 2022 Sideline Story MVP award presented by Akasha? 67% said Cameron Munster. 13% said Joe Tarpanane. And 20% said someone else. Now, just an update for everyone, obviously, because we had a postponement last week. Uh, the Sideline Story MVP awards and winner will be in, revealed during episode 67 now. That's as a result of the postponement. So as a reminder, the three, two, ones tally has gone behind closed doors since round 19. Munster and Tarpane are leading on 25 points. DCE and Tomololo are second on 17. So they have a commanding eight point lead, Munster and Tarpane. So I'm surprised that only 13% picked Joe Tarpane knowing that they're the points. Yep. Who do you think is going to win? Munster. I said, said Tarpanay, oh, but I can't change it. You I, said, I said it two <laughs> weeks ago. I can't change it. <laughs> anyway, last one, Clark. This is uh, this is one of my favorites. Do you want to see a recap post of the Oztag World Cup, which I was part of? <laughs> 76% said yes. So I'll get it done this they, week for the they didn't. They did they, not. They did. The fans want to see it. They want to see that don't. bronze medal go ching ching. <laughs> Uh, anyway, to all our listeners, tune in Friday or Sunday whenever I decide to put the polls up on Instagram, whatever. <laughs> Clarky, it's still you and I. We're moving on together alone into this week's bunker review topics. Are you ready? Yep. Oh, yeah. We've got three topics today, my friend. We'll start with topic number one. And here we go again. It was just on the news about. An hour ago, Manasi Fainu, who was placed on the no-fault stand-down policy in 2019 after being accused of stabbing a fellow churchgoer in the Liverpool area, he has been found guilty and is convicted of those charges. Sentencing is coming. He's currently in jail, by the way, uh, until sentencing. Um, my question to you, Clarkie, is with Manasi Fainu's conviction, does this justify the no-fault stand-down policy or do you still, or, or do you not like it? No, I've always lent towards agreeing with it. Mate, imagine, imagine if they didn't stand him down. Well, that's and the- it's just like, he would have played for, what, two and a half years and then all of a sudden he gets convicted of stabbing some dude at a, at a church event. Like, like I know Gildy's not here and, and he prefers the presumption of innocence before, you know, action, but that you're exactly right. Like it's a, it's a pretty serious crime that he's been convicted of. And yes, he could overturn it later down the track, but he's at, at, just like Jared Hayne, they're, they're guilty right now. You know what I mean? What? what, what why'd you scoff? Said his name. <laughs> He's not Voldemort. I can say his name. Are you ready? Jared Hayne, Jared Hayne, Jared Hayne. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's going to appear. Yeah, Candyman. He's going to bite me. <laughs> look, I, look, I'm with you. Like, that's the whole point of the no fault stand down. The drama that you have brought up previously is that the justice system is not quick. <laughs> and COVID made it worse. Yeah. I'll tell you what was quick. 
the jury verdict. They were out for two hours. Really? So it was obviously overwhelming. Oh, I didn't know that it was that quick. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Two hours. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's not yeah. good. No. <laughs> I don't like his chances of getting it overturned. Mm. Well, I'm with you, Clarky. I think the no fault stand down is here to stay. He's obviously he's obviously still on it. I think he has no choice because he's in jail. But anyway, that's um that's a good answer. So we'll move it on to the next topic, eh? Yeah. Topic number two. The August 1st player signing deadline is set to be scrapped and revert back to June 30th. Now, the rule, the August 1 rule was brought in due to COVID. Uh, the ramifications of it being around for the last two years, um, particularly this year when COVID hasn't been an issue, is that it's led to the top teams poaching the best players from the bottom teams and and signing them on loan for the remainder of the season. And they're signing them at a time when the run into the finals is prominent. And that's a time when, you know, you shouldn't be able to sign players in my opinion. So as a result, in 2022, David Nofaluma is in a Storm jersey. Matt Lodge is in a Roosters jersey. And Oliver Gildart is also at the Roosters, albeit in a North Sydney Bears jersey. Um, but they've all signed before the August 1 deadline for new clubs. Two of them are killing it. The question I have for you, Clarky. You mean Oliver Gildard and um <laughs> Shut up. You know, you know that's you know that's not what I meant. <laughs> you know what? Five tries on the weekend. Stop Is he denying blind? him. Uh, you're you gotta go. <laughs> Uh, you're not wrong. All right, all three of them are killing it. How's that sound, Clarky? Thank you. That's okay, fine. I apologize. So the question I've got for you is, do we like the loan system or the loan system idea, or is it a joke seeing players in rival jerseys for a short period of time? I don't mind the the loan. <clears throat> I don't mind the loan system, but if when it goes back to June June one, June thirty. Yeah, June thirty. When it reverts back to that, and that, that was a mess. That's a the NRLs dropped the ball by allowing the deadline to to be that COVID year. So why couldn't you have just going into this year? COVID was basically COVID's gone. Mm. They could have just been like, oh, it's June thirty, and then let's say it reared its ugly head again. You could have just been like, oh, we'll just change it to June thirty, like we changed it in the first year yeah. on the run. I'm with you. And then they would have avoided all this shit. But um, mm. I don't mind the actual loan thing itself. Like, I, I don't mind what happened with Harry Grant that year. And that's really the only one. Or even Gilda. Like, he's not being used at the Tigers. Like, like look, I, I'm with you. I like it. Uh, I, I'm also with you that it needs to revert back to June 30. And it is, which is good. Um, It just needs to benefit both clubs. And obviously, they don't agree to it unless it does benefit both clubs. Uh, a drama that comes out of it, which I just read before we started, was David Nofaluma publicly saying how he's so excited to be playing finals for the first time in his career. So he hasn't been, he's been at the Tigers for the last 10 years and obviously hasn't made it because the club hasn't made the top eight in that period. And he, he's leaning towards wanting to stay there. 
Now, that's obviously, that was always going to happen. It's always a it, well. That's obviously a negative towards the system, but it is what it is, eh? I think there's more positives than negatives. But yeah, he's come out today and said that. Pretty crazy. Not one tiger sat there and when David Nofaluma went, went. I'm 100% convinced that he's going to return to the Tigers and see out his contract. No one fan said. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, there's just a negative. And I reckon they I reckon they're probably let. Uh, at the end of the day, the bloke's playing reserve grade for a number of different reasons, mm. both on-field and off-field incidents. That the Tigers probably let him go, hoping that he would stay because he's on like 800 grand. Not for Luma. He's on enormous money. Really, that's a lot. 800. Well, what, mate? I think he might. Well, like, I think. It might even be, it might have gone off there. It might be 500, but still 500 for David Moffat and the Vikes playing reserve grade. Mm. It is a lot. Mm. Nah, I'm with you. I like it. I hope they bring in a proper system, a proper loan window, a trade window and all that stuff. But it might just go in the too hard basket for these bloody stupids at NRL. But anyway, I'll move it on to the third and final topic. Hold on, hold on two seconds. Five twenty-five. That's what he's on. That's, that's a fair... too much money. That's fair. I didn't think it was on eight. That's that was by the apes. Shut... Yeah, okay. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure Xavier Coates is on five hundred. Is he? I'm pretty sure he is. Oh, I don't know about I'm you not, anymore. Not, You've already not, fucked not, up. Might, You've already might, fucked up once. He might, he might be on eight. <laughs> Can you find out what he's on? Yeah. Okay. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold on. What? I'm not even gonna move it on. I'm gonna make everyone wait in anticipation. Come on. For Clarky. those who, don't, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give a shout out. Um, go zero tackle. They don't show everyone. Four fifty. So he's on more money than David. Than on. Then David Nofaluma is on seventy five thousand dollars a year more than Xavier Coates. That's pretty fucking wild. That's wild. But yeah, zero yeah. tackle. That is right. They do show. They show majority of the, like that. They, they're they're good because they just go off reports and then they put in a nice table, easy to read. Yeah. I like that. If, if they don't show the salary, they'll show the they'll show the contract length at a minimum. Yeah, very good. So you can find out whatever your favorite player, how long their contract's got to go. Lots of shout outs to other people today. Aren't we nice? We are. We're so nice. Okay, last one. Last one. Topic number three. The ARLC chairman, Peter Volandes, is going on a collision course with the New South Wales Premier, Dom Perrottet, over the New South Wales government's reluctance to release funds for stadium infrastructure upgrades, which were promised to be made from 2017 onward. They're still not all done, by the way. So the government claimed that the $250 to $300 million remaining for stadiums will divert to flood victims. Peter Volandi's bit back stating that the government using human tragedy is a cop-out with stadium infrastructure receiving a fraction of what other services and projects are. Clarky, so far we have seen 800 to 900 million spent on a brand new SFS or Allianz Stadium in Moorpark, 300 million on a brand new Parramatta Stadium, Another 300 million has been allocated and checked off uh, to create a brand new Penrith stadium. The remaining funds 
250 to 300, like I said. Now, the NRL want that money spent on upgrades to Shark Park, Brookvale Oval, and Leichhardt Oval. My question is, what do you think of that with both sides of the argument in question? So what what was he originally promised? Is that those figures where he said he wants those three stadiums upgraded? Is that fulfill? Is that if New South Wales fulfill the promise? So the government don't yeah. want to upgrade Shark Park, Brookvale Oval, and Leichhardt Oval. They want that money to divert elsewhere. And Vlandis has said since 2017, you said like it changed. Like it was supposed to be ANZ and Allianz getting the upgrade. And then ANZ lost the money because of COVID, but they didn't divert the money. They just said, we'll hold it for now um, for a rainy day. And then obviously the government got out of COVID. And... Rainy day is supposed to be a really cruel pun. <laughs> no, but that's pretty clever. It's a very rainy day. <laughs> and then um, that that's, that's actually really clever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then... Uh, they've approved Penrith mm. and then the NRL said, oh, sorry, the government said, okay, that $300 million that's left for the other three stadiums, now nah, we're going to keep it and you're not getting it now. And Vlandis has said, well, you promised us all that and that's why the grand final was still in Sydney. So why are you breaking your promise? Well, because he's a politician. That's what politicians do. Mm. Right, do I you... think, at the, end of, I think no. at the end of the day, like... That's a lot of that's a lot of football stadiums. That's so we're going to have three brand new football stadiums built by this government. I think it's a bit harsh to go off the way he has. Like, I I, I know football stadiums aren't just used for the NRL, mm. but at the end of the day, like you got to look at it from like everyone. <clears throat> Everyone listening to this podcast obviously watches rugby league. Yeah. And they're all like, yeah, upgrade all the stadiums. But there's a lot of people out there who don't watch rugby league. Hmm. Or sport in general. And they're all sitting there going, why the fuck are you spending how much money? Hmm. Like almost a billion dollars. Well, it's if you include on, SFS, it's 1.6 billion. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're all sitting there going, "I want it for my, I want another opera house built out in like." But some people have different interests, so you got to kind of look at it from their perspective. Like I look at it and go, "Okay, yes, yeah, sweet, we've got, we're gonna have three brand new stadiums. We, well, we essentially have two already because the other mm. one opens like next week." But yeah, I don't know. I'd just be content with what you've got, and surely this isn't the first time that a government's broken a promise about something. They've They've lived up to 70% of the promise. Let's just call your jets for Andy's. Oh, look, I'm with you. I'm also, yeah, I'm on the bias bandwagon of wanting those upgrades because you saw the footage at Leichhardt Oval the other week. But he, there was a Joey's versus, I think it was Kings, rugby union <laughs> game. That doesn't help. I think but... Peter Volandi's, un, I think he unscrewed that rail. To make it look worse. <laughs> that was bad. Like for those who didn't see it, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a full, it was a full stadium. Like all these kids went and watched a, a, a rugby union schoolboy rivalry being, um, uh, what, what was it? Which teams were they again? Joey's and uh, Joey's and Joey's and Riverview. Riverview. That's who it was. And these someone scored and a stand collapsed. 
because they were cheering and a stand fucking collapsed. That's bad. Yeah. But I don't know. I think we'd like it. Like, there's four games played there a year. No, no, no. See, this year's been good because they've had the union, they've had the A League, and they've had the NRL. Yeah, but they've had the union and the A League because the SFS isn't open yet. That's true. That's that's so a it's good gonna point. Re- so it's going to revert back to, and I don't know. I think, mate, what are you going to do to fix Leichhardt Oval? Putting in a new grandstand and fixing a guardrail isn't going to make Leichhardt Oval more appealing. Well, you look the at issue, like the sh- issue. With, mm, sorry, yeah. The issue is the, the issue is the parking and everything around it. Like, mm. and you got to you got to you don't want to run the risk of changing too much of these places. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, it's a bit flash. People go to Leichhardt Oval because it's old Leichhardt Oval. I'm going to, I'm going to North Sydney Oval on Sunday to watch North Sydney Bears versus the Western Suburbs Magpies in reserve grade, because mm. you go there for the nostalgic feels. The last two years I've gone to Henson Park, and you don't go to if you want to go to a flash stadium, go to go watch the Tigers at Bankwest. Don't mm. you go to Leichhardt because it's Leichhardt, and you sit there and drink tinnies on the hill. Yeah. If you upgrade it, it wouldn't be as you don't get those nostalgia feels. I get what you're saying. I do like it and appreciate it, but having just arena seating and maybe one hill that suffices. That that will suffice for me. Like you got safer. Like look at Manly. They've got the back stand now on the on the on the back left of the camera when when the game's on, and it's full because the stadium is the 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 stand there looks. Sweet. Cronulla is going through that now and Leichhardt want to be the third stadium to be doing that. There's there's a lot of to and fro for it. But I've got a sub question for you, Clarky. The mm. Rabbitohs. Mm. They want to move back to Allianz. And because of this stadium stoush between the NRL and the government, the government has said, despite the fact that the Rabbitohs have, they're apparently leaving Homebush, the government said, no, nah, you can't leave. You can't go back to Allianz. Now, the Roosters are obviously, uh, that's their home. And the Rabbitohs effectively want to share that home with them. Do you like, besides the fact that the government's trying to intrude, if the Rabbitohs move back to the SFS, would you like that move or not? Yes, I'd prefer to travel the extra 20 minutes <clears throat> It is from Penrith to get to the new stadium. I, I would have preferred to just the old SFS. I hate um, a core stadium. I hate Stadium Australia. Why? It's horrible. It's, hor- it's just, it's, you know what it was good for? The, the Sydney Olympics. Olympics. <laughs> yeah. And it's never been good ever since. And well, I've it's been not to, designed for. It's I've not designed. To, I've, I've for been to multiple sports. grand finals. No, that's it. I've been to multiple grand finals, multiple origins, full to the brim, and it's still shit house. So when you go to what go to a South game and there's twenty, yeah, it's yeah, not good. mate, it's a bowl that's like the opposite of what I said about Paramount Stadium and the new SFS, where you're elevated, you're bloody level with the ground at all points of the stadium. Pretty much, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was happy when they allocated a billion dollars to knock it down and build a, you know, a 70,000 seat roofed stadium at, at Homebush. I was like, fuck yeah, that's hectic. But now all this, 
they all diverted to Para Penrith and the three suburban grounds, which I was just speaking about. So yeah, I, I this new stadium, the second we all go there, and we've got to go there, it is going to be insane. It's going to be better than Para. Tell you now, and Parramatta is impressive. Yeah. So anyway, we'll leave it at that, Clarky. It's just you and I still. Guilty. Guilty's left. He left halfway through. Um, it's always a pleasure. It's never a chore. And I want to give a big thank you to Akasha Rusty Penny Brewing Company and the Aaron Co. And I want to apologize again to everyone for having a break last week. It wasn't intentional. It was circumstantial. And I know that you missed us. We missed you. Um, thank you for tuning into episode 64 of the Silent Story Rugby League podcast. That's a wrap from Clarky and I and Guilty in ghost form. And yeah, go the Bulldogs. <laughs> glory, glory, go the balls. <laughs> oh yeah and fuck the kangaroos I forgot to say that